So anyway, this week, I was wondering if we wanted to tackle a very controversial subject. Oh, I love to. So let's talk guns. Oh, God, really? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so tell me, Pop, when was, like, the first time you were introduced to guns? First time I was introduced to guns was when I joined the Army. Mm, okay, no, that's not true. Um, so I had a BB gun when I was young, and then uh, I went hunting one, for, one time with my buddy Dale in Louisiana, and we were pretty young. Let's say we were, well, I met him in the in the seventh grade so we were probably freshmen maybe sophomore i'm pretty sure it's before we were driving so it's before we were 16 we went to his grandmother's house to go hunting for a couple of weeks uh which i tired of quickly because it was cold in louisiana by the way it does occasionally snow oh <laughs> yes it enough. does <laughs> apparently in, in northern louisiana which must have been where we were. I don't know. I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, two weeks of uh, running around outside in cold-ass weather. And uh, I, after I think after three days, I was like, nah, I'm going to build a fort. You go ahead and hunt. <laughs> You're uh, trying to find warmth. Yeah. So, <laughs> But, I mean, I did shoot the, you know, he had a rifle that I borrowed. Um, I think in Oklahoma when I was a kid, um, one of my buddies, dad took me and him out and, uh, I shot a shotgun. I like one shot. Uh, I remember his dad shooting at the water, I guess like underneath a frog or something. Anyway, I remember him shooting the, uh, the shotgun or rifle or whatever it was. And this frog jumped out of the water, like 20 feet straight up in the air. Wow. Uh, but I, seriously, the only time I, I, you know, when I seriously learned about guns or, you know, started, you know, shooting or anything was, was, man, when I was a private in the army. How old were you when you were a private? Uh, I joined the army when I was 20. Uh, when your sister was, by the time your sister was born. Yeah. So I did basic training and did, uh, you know, learned to shoot a rifle and all that. I got my uh, expert marketing badge. I was actually a pretty good shot. Yeah? Yeah. Did you know how to, like, disassemble your gun and put it back together? Is that the sort oh, of thing? Yeah, it's, that's one of the things that you learn. They teach you all that good stuff, you know, cleaning it and taking it apart and put it back together. I mean, I never had to do anything ridiculous, like, you know, have to do it blindfold or anything. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you see in the movies, or, or maybe the Marines actually do have to do that. I don't know. We didn't have to. I mean, we had to, you know, take it apart, put it back together, which, you know, came in handy because <laughs> I actually ended up having to go to Iraq. So I'm, I'm glad I paid attention to all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, guns are a lot more present in today's culture. It feels like, I mean, how do you feel about the relationship between 
society and guns since you were in the army? I don't know. I don't know that it's changed all that much. I think there's just a lot more wackos running around taking out a bunch more people than they used to. Is it just that it's happening more or is it just it's always happened, but there's more publicity on it or there's just more awareness? I think people have been killing each other with guns since the gun was invented. I mean, you think you know about it, but like, I think seven or eight people were killed in Chicago last weekend by guns where I live. Um, yeah. I think there was like one weekend where they said like 40 something people were shot. I, we hear about it here. You don't hear about it there. I mean, it happens though. There, it was just last year, the year before, there was that guy that sh- shot like 12 police officers with a sniper rifle. Yeah, when well, you've got the Las Vegas guy and all the school, school shootings and stuff, I think that's all relatively new. I don't think anyone was, you know, I mean, I think, I guess there have been a few times in the past where I think there was a school back years ago where somebody got in the tower and took out a bunch of people. And But I don't think, I don't think all that's been going around for all that long. I just, but, you know, part of that is, is the publicity of it. Oh, yeah. When you talk about the assassination of JFK, it was, just, it was because it just wasn't expected. And then now it, it almost feels like you have just week after week and sometimes a couple of days apart, these mass shootings that happen or maybe only a couple of people get killed, but it's still way too many people that should be dying because of guns. Well, yeah. Well, I don't, I'm on the fence about it. I mean, guns are, they're a tool. I mean, when they're used in a bad way, then people do die. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know. I own a gun. I've got one here in the house. It's locked and it's not, I don't have a round in the chamber, but actually the only reason I don't is because it doesn't have a safety on it because it's a Glock. Uh, my old gun that I used to have had a safety on it, and I kept around in the chamber. Man, I mean, you were ready. I'm not <laughs> against guns, though. I, I want to make sure that's clear. Like, I believe in the Second Amendment. I, I believe that you should be able to have the right to bear arms. I don't feel like it's too much to ask that maybe there be some more scrutiny. But I also don't know where where is the line. I don't know what it is. Is it more background checks? I mean, how many background checks do you have to go through to get your gun? Uh, my first personal uh, gun that I owned, I didn't have to at all. My dad bought it and gave it to me. So yeah. that happens a lot, I bet. Yeah, and I think I think that does happen quite a bit. But I, I don't think it's one thing that people think about a lot. You know, when I was in the service, uh, it's not like I ran around with an M16 all the time. As a matter of fact, when I got in country in um, Saudi Arabia, I had a rifle and no ammunition. Uh, Just for looks? Uh, Well, yeah, you just... Well, normally, okay, even on base, you go to any military base in the United States. Now... There are some people that are running around with guns all the time. 
uh, the military police, um, maybe some officers, depending on what their job is and all that kind of stuff. But the guns are kept in the armory. And they're only issued for, you know, weapons training and, and exercises, uh, you know, when you go out in the field and stuff. And even like when you go out in the field, it's not unless you're doing live fire exercises, you, you have your gun, but you don't have any ammunition. Oh, and these are people that are trained to kill. That's your job is efficiently killing other people. And, and they don't even, you know, they don't let you run around with guns and, and ammo. So I think, uh, I, I absolutely think that background checks are a fantastic freaking idea. And I think if you've been threatening your wife or your boss or whatever, Maybe the maybe the government ought to know that you have a gun and what your address is, so they can come to your house and knock on the door and go, "Hey, heard you threatened to shoot your boss yesterday because he was mean to you. Uh, we're going to confiscate your guns today." <laughs> uh, I don't know that I'm opposed to that. <laughs> I guess it depends on how much you want the government to have a hand on mental health, but the. The reality is that nobody really has a handle on it. I feel like there's a lot of people in this country that should take care of themselves more mentally and maybe seek a mental health professional before things get absolutely terrible. And maybe we'd have less problems if these people got help, but that's just not a priority. I mean, we see, you're supposed to see your dentist every six months, eye doctor once a year. I mean, I don't feel like it would be unreasonable if instead of paying for a license, you just had to like pay for a visit to a medical professional, like a maybe a I don't, I don't know about a therapist, but maybe a psychiatrist, possibly just to double check and make sure that they're just not crazy and going to kill a bunch of people. I don't think that that's unreasonable. Uh, yeah, I you know, if, if that was if that's what we all decided to try to put some sort of stop to this absolutely craziness that's running around i i think i would probably be a little put out if i had to do it once a year but you know like once every five years in order to you know re-up my license or something uh and, and an initial part of the background check is having to go sit with a psychiatrist for a half an hour or an hour and and have a screening uh in order to to own a gun i i, I wouldn't be opposed to that I mean, I pay, you know, if you want to have a, a, a passport, it costs you, you know, every 10 years, it's, I don't know, it's like a hundred bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is. So, you know, not, I think, you know, maybe if the, if we decided that's the route that we wanted to go, we could at least, you know, have the government subsidize, you know, maybe half the visit or something. You pay half, if you want to own a gun, you pay half and the government would pay the other half and. Maybe. I mean, I guess it would just depend on how much it was. No, I think like an session with a psychiatrist is like, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 or $150 an hour would be my guess. I mean, if you don't have insurance, but if if you were doing it through insurance, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be that much. But I guess that's the well, thing. Well, yeah, but I think if you're doing, you know, if you're going to go see a psychiatrist because of insurance, it's because you feel you need to. I think if you're going to own a gun... And part of getting the license is that maybe you got to go see a psychiatrist. Then, you know, maybe you should just, I, I don't think that your insurance company should, should have to foot the bill for that. 
I mean, if you're gonna insure, I mean, some people insure their guns. I guess that's not the point. I don't know what I feel about it. I just I feel like there's got to be a happy medium between the people that are like, you know, they're they're trying to take our guns. Like, <laughs> stand your ground. Speaking of, have you seen that video? That's a crazy video. Which one? And the, well, the, I don't even I don't even need to ask that. No, I have not seen it. I can pretty much guarantee you I haven't seen it. There's this, there's this footage uh, from Florida. There's a guy that I guess gets out of his car and starts like having a confrontation with a lady that's parked in a handicapped spot. Or her husband comes out. He comes out, uh, checking on what's going on. He ends up pushing the guy. The guy that falls on the ground sits up, pulls out his gun, shoots the other guy in the chest, and he dies. Hmm. And this has an ending, or is it still in... I mean, as it stood previously, because of Florida's standard ground law, there was no charges filed on this guy. But it got so much media attention that they ended up, uh, I think, booking him. But I don't know for what. I didn't look deeper into it. I was just completely blown away but i also i kind of understand the culture in florida that is that's real big republican country they they believe in guns that's i mean that's also where is it trayvon martin he was shot by george zimmerman yep that's where that happened yeah i think he got away with it too because of the the same law the standard ground law yeah that was his uh his argument for it I think you really have to. That's mm, hard. That's <laughs> why you just. He, he was stalking that kid. He was. He he told the police that he was scared. Yet he's pursuing this kid as if he's some sort of vigilante. And he ends up killing him. Yeah. No. I'm going back to your your recent video with the guy in the parking lot. So I. Come oh yeah. Of, I come out of a store and there's some man berating my wife. Uh, I think it's quite possible that I would go up to him and push him. Uh, and then I guess if he fell down on the ground, but see, I, I think the, you know, did the guy push him and then get over him and, you know, start threatening to kill him or beat the shit out of him or did no, he they push were, him and say, it, get away from my wife. It was, it was a very quick, like the, the video, you, you just got to watch it. It's, it's not more than three minutes this confrontation happens so fast. He comes up, he pushes the guy and this is a, a larger built uh, black guy that that's going into the store with his son. He's coming out and, and realizing that his wife is having a confrontation with his older. Um, and he is a white gentleman, but not really a gentleman. Cause he's apparently yelling at this lady. This guy comes up, pushes on him. You can see it all from the security footage. And then this guy falls to the ground. I, I it was either a lot of force or he was faking it because I mean it looked like he flew pretty far. They're six feet away from each other, and he pulled out his uh, pistol out of the holster and shoots him point blank right in the chest. He doesn't die instantly. The guy ends up being able to like walk into the store and he bleeds out before medical attention. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's uh, well, you know. Oh, you said it's an older gentleman, so. 
and I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not defending this, but you know, if I'm an old guy and some young guy pushes me, I'm probably thinking, and especially, excuse me, if he's a lot bigger than me, I'm probably thinking he's he can definitely kick my ass. But I, I would think that you know you you can't stand your ground if the other person. Okay, so the guy pushed him. That's assault. Yep. Uh, but I would, and so that's you know something you should get in trouble for. But I would think in order, you know, for stand your ground to work, don't you have to be in fear for your life? But that would also have to mean that the threat is continuous. That the guy pushed him, and then you know started coming towards him, or you know started yelling threatening things to him. At, as he's coming towards him but if he just pushed the guy away and then like you know hey honey are you okay and then that guy pulls out his gun and shoots him that to me is it's not self-defense anymore you're just you could point the gun at the guy and go freeze you son of a bitch you just assaulted me I'm calling the police um, a citizen's arrest maybe but <laughs> that Without the guy being further, without the you know the guy that pushed them down being further aggressive about it, I I don't see where the stand your ground part comes in on that. I, I think that's exactly why they decided to press charges against him because you can tell from the footage. I mean, it's boy, I mean, it happened so quick. There's no way that that guy had enough judgment to be able and and let's not forget the elephant in the room. Yes, they were parked in a handicapped spot. They shouldn't have been. But a guy shouldn't have lost his life for it. Well, and you you don't even know that. And that guy that came up to her doesn't know that. There's lots of reasons why people are parked in handicapped spots. Mm -hmm. And they're not always physical disabilities that you can see. You know, someone might have a bad ticker. You know, they might have a bad heart. They might have just had cancer surgery. I, I, you don't know. When somebody's parked in a handicapped spot and, you know, they get out of the car and they just walk into the store like they're the healthiest person on earth, you still don't know why they're parked in that spot. And it's not your job to find out why. Go about your business. I agree. Everyone wants to say, oh, well, you know, maybe they were trying to be a good Samaritan. You know, a good Samaritan, I don't feel like, kills people. I can understand how <laughs> guns. No, I'm pretty sure that's the opposite. But I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I, I totally understand wanting to protect yourself. But I feel like once you take it that far, we have a well, completely you, different culture here, though. I mean, yeah, but you have to be protecting yourself from a, a threat, a real threat. You can't just shoot somebody because they pushed you. Yeah, it's assault, but it's not, he's not going to get the death penalty for it. No. Like that guy got. I just feel like our, our culture just has a larger fascination for guns than even say like Europe or even UK specifically. Like don't they, their, their police force is completely different from ours. I don't even think they carry guns most of the time. Most of them don't. Yeah. I think they have like these whistles. Uh, or at least in Britain. Oh, I don't know. Maybe things are changing there now. I know um, right before uh, Carrie and I left Oklahoma to come here, 
I believe it was like one of the last months or two that we were there, we had both gone to Walmart and we saw two guys just walking around with Walmart, walking around in Walmart doing their grocery shopping or whatever shopping they were doing with guns and holsters on their hips. And I felt less comfortable uh, with those guys doing that. I just assume that uh, if you're going to carry a gun, I'm, I'm, I don't know necessarily how I feel about concealed carry and all that, but I, I, I'd rather have that than people running around like it's the freaking wild west from, you know, the 1800s and people running around with six years strapped to their side. I totally get that. Although I remember one time there was a guy that came in, was it? Yeah, I think it was when I was working at Hastings. The guy came in with like a a six shooter, <laughs> like old barrel style, like real authentic. I assumed it was a prop, but I, there was people freaking out. They thought it was a real gun. I don't. It, prob- know. it probably was. It. I mean, it's Oklahoma. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I know what Australia did. What they do? Oh, right. I remember that. They they banned well it. Them. Yeah, that was like. Well, well that that's not an entire band. There are people in Australia that have guns, but they've got a lot of hoops to jump through to have them. They've got to have them locked up in a safe. They've got to go through these background checks. They have to have a license. They, you know, you just can't own one willy nilly. And their last time that they had a, you know, a mass shooting, it's been a long dang time. I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that either. Um, I think more the problem for guns, especially here where I live, is it's not such a matter of you know background checks and all that. It's just the the the, the proliferation of guns and and the ease which people that that live in severely. Uh, economically depressed places live and you live in Chicago and you live in, in a, a really bad neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of economic uh, future for a lot of the kids and you know they're pressured into joining gangs it's just it's a bad mix I, I think the way you overcome that is is by giving people economic opportunity. And I think a lot of the gun problems in that particular case is would probably take care of itself over time. It's just like in, in Muslim countries where terrorism is, is rampant and all that. I don't think it's a coincidence that, that there's a correlation in those places and the unemployment rate for young people being somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 25 to 35%. You give people a a future that had, well, I mean, you just, you know, no future, or or at least that's how they feel. Uh, Bad things are going to happen. And they'll, you know, if you can't, if they can't do it with guns and they'll do it with bombs or they'll do it with whatever. I mean, when, when people don't have any hope for any type of prosperity or to live a decent life, then you're asking for trouble. 
Are you saying that the fear of terrorism is a factor of unemployment? If you grow up in a place where you feel like your future stinks, that there's no hope for you because everybody that you know is unemployed and then you start looking for bad, for bad guys. You know, it's somebody else's fault. You got to figure out who to blame and then you got to figure out a way to punish those people. And I think that's where terrorism, I think that's why terrorism uh, is such a problem over there because they have such a future that has no real hope. I don't think it's really much. I don't think there's a lot of difference between a Muslim terrorist and a, uh, a gang member in the, in the city of Chicago. I think they both look at life like it's just, you know, it's, it's not sacred to them uh, in a way because they have really very little hope for the future. And so killing other people or and robbing and, and terrorism and all that to them, it's, it's not that big a deal because, you know, they don't, they don't see much of a future for themselves anyway. And I think, in both cases, it, it involves a lot of economics that because they have no real hope to succeed economically and live a regular, you know, life like, you know, me and you live and, and, a, and a good majority of the people live, then they just, you know, the, the value of life becomes very little because they don't, they don't value their own life anymore because it's crappy. I mean, imagine living in a war zone. Right. You don't- you don't know if today's going to be your last day end up getting caught in a crossfire. Right. And if you're dead and you know, and if you live in that environment for years and years and years, good Lord. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. I don't see a lot of difference between that and Chicago. I mean, these kids grow up in some of these poor neighborhoods that are just dangerous as hell. Even when they're little, they can't go outside and play because it's just too dangerous. And then as they get older, you know, they get recruited or some, maybe they want to, maybe they don't, but they're forced to because in in order for them to function in their neighborhoods and not have to just stay inside all the time, got to go outside every once in a while. And when they do, you know, they are in danger. And then, so your choice is you, you join the gangs or not. And I don't think it's probably that much difference for the terrorists either. You know, you grow up in, you know, those places in, in those Muslim countries, and I'm sure it's not everywhere, but I'd be willing to bet that most of the terrorism is born in those countries and the poor sections. And because uh, Muslim countries are just like our country. They've got, they've got rich Muslim people and they've got poor Muslim people. But I'd be willing to bet they do most of their recruiting for the people that blow themselves up and blow other people up from the poor sections, from the people that have no hope. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those classic stories of the ants all you know, ganging up together. Because one little ants, not much, but when you have a whole swarm of ants is that what it is is it a swarm I'm trying to think what the plural form of a army army, ant. An army <laughs> i ant. don't know that would be funny an army i'm gonna ant. go with army because i know there are some army ants so that sounds that's if it even if it isn't i want that to be a thing so that is what it's going to be for me now so yeah if you have an army of ants it's a lot more impressive or at least it's a lot more dangerous than just one ant by itself 
Plus, ants yeah. can link themselves together. They could probably just like form some sort of transformer thing. Yes, with their ex- <laughs> exoskeleton. Very strong ants are. Yeah. Well, I want to get your opinion on recreational shooting then. Because I feel that that is also part of the conversation. Because that's a lot of the times the objection to harsher gun control. It's like, well, think about the gun enthusiasts, the recreational shooters. The, the, and I guess I'm thinking also more specifically even hunting. That's something a lot of the guys that I work with want to talk about. Like, I, I think it's going to be dove season soon. It'll be one of those. I could call Broderick up, my brother-in-law. He knows all of them. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I don't. I mean, I get it. I personally don't enjoy it, but I certainly understand it. I, I I've gone of, fishing. Yeah. I like fishing. So I'm not good at it, and I don't do it a whole lot, but I, I do see the appeal of it. There's something nice about being able to just sit down, do something while also drinking beer. It's a uh, multitasking at work. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. For me personally, yes. I, I can't imagine myself doing a lot of fishing without a, a little bit of drinking to go with it as well, which is why <laughs> I don't fish in the morning. I want to fish at night. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, Project, yeah, I don't know. Project's a big hunter. And, you know, I mean, he's a good guy. I, I have no fear of Project running around shooting anybody, but, you know, he's mentally stable too. He's never given me any sign that there's anything mentally wrong with him. I let him have 20 guns for all I care. Because he's never going to go around, you know, I'm not going to read about him. You know, five years from now in Las Vegas, taking out 60 people. Man, that was a terrible shooting at Las Vegas. Yeah, and you'll forgive me. I'm sure the the amount of people I said was wrong. I was, you know, so, I mean, Broderick likes to hunt. He likes to hunt and fish, and uh, God bless him for it, too. I've had some really good food from him <laughs> that, that he's gotten a hold of one way or another. Actually, I think I've mostly only actually eaten what he's fished. I don't know that I've eaten a whole lot of what he's hunted. The times that I have had deer... I've had deer burgers before with cheese. Mm -hmm. So good. So I would, I I can, I'm not saying I don't see the appeal. I'm I'm saying for me, I I don't get it. I I have hunted before and yes, sometimes it feels like you have to drink a little bit to to kind of get it sitting there. My friend is really into it as well because he's into actually using an traditional bow not a compound bow or crossbow like he wants to use the traditional bow while hunting i don't I, he said he's getting ready for hunting season i don't think he's hunting dub with a bow and arrow that sounds very difficult Probably. no i don't i think they, they use shotgun and bird shot for for dove hunting i think they use bows for other things maybe boars possibly Deer hunting, I think, is a, a big thing you do with bows. That could also be it too. I, I, I can. I guess you could do it with a boar, but I, I think a boar would look at your arrow and be like, "Whatever, dude." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, unless you shot him through the eye. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again for joining me, Pop. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Once a week, I like it.
I've, I've been enjoying more, but I wouldn't want to be on a podcast more than once. But I could talk to you more than once. That'd be, that'd be good. Yeah, I, I would enjoy that too. We'll we'll start talking outside the podcast a little bit more. I feel like that would be nice. Of course. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've enjoyed getting a few texts from you lately too. I was like, oh, I got to. You've been texting me a little bit lately about just you know regular stuff, your job and shit like that, right? Yeah. And it got me to thinking, you know, there was a long time that, that uh, when I was younger, your age, that, that there were so many things going on in my life was my life and all these things. And so, you know, I didn't talk to my parents a whole lot. You know, it was kind of like, oh, I better call my dad. I haven't talked to him in a month and a half or, you know, I haven't you know talked to my mom in you know, two weeks or whatever. And I almost, you know, felt like it was, it was almost like a sense of obligation. Like, you know, I, I need to call them because I don't want them to feel bad. Uh, and then as I started to get a little bit older and I remember it being, when I, you know, like 24, 25 or some point, somewhere around that, uh, I'll, uh, a switch just flipped and it got, I wanted to reach out to my parents because at that point they had kind of, you know, become my friends. They were, it wasn't, they were no longer just my parents. They were just people that I loved and I, you know, I wanted to, to keep in touch with. And I was, uh, I just wanted to talk to them, you know, and hear about their life or tell them what was going on in my life and all that. And it wasn't as out of a sense of obligation anymore. It was just a, they're cool people and I want to hang out with them. And I kind of felt like, oh, you know, you sent me some texts just out of the blue recently. And I was like, oh, Christian's getting to that point that I got to at around the same age when I started to become adult. <laughs> but it made I, me feel good that you reached out to me. So, well, I, I really appreciate that, Pop. I really do. And I, I, I do enjoy getting to talk to you more. I've been happier lately. I was kind of at a at a low point for me, but I think I'm kind of out of it now. So, doing good. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, and you know, if you ever, 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 ever have a problem that and you're not feeling good about it, you can call me whenever. I know, Pop. You've always been there for me. I just, you know, I don't, it, there is no problem that is too big for you to handle that, that I won't be there for you for. So don't ever forget that. I'm, you know, it, it you know, I, I, I know I'm a little selfish with my time and stuff. Uh, but, you know, when push comes to shove, I, I, I'm there for you. I mean, you know, if I, you know, dad, you got to get on a plane because I need you right now. I, then I'll do it. I I will put my life on hold for you. Absolutely. So. Perfect. So we're going to Windstar this weekend. <laughs> plane ticket. We're going. <laughs> nah, Got to be important. <laughs> right. No, I, I hear you, Pop. All right. Well, I love you. Get I back to you. your thing. Enjoy your friends that are visiting and cook you some dinner and get everybody fed. Oh, well. And you enjoy your evening, too. Say hi to Carrie for me. Will do. Good night. All right. Good night, son. Bye.